A lot can happen in three years, like a chatbot may be your new best friend. But what won't change? Needing health insurance. United Healthcare Tri-Term Medical Plans, underwritten by Golden Rule Insurance Company, offer flexible, budget-friendly coverage that lasts nearly three years in some states. Learn more at UH1.com. When you're ready to pop the question, the last thing you want to do is second-guess the ring. At BlueNile.com, you can design a one-of-a-kind ring with the ease and convenience of shopping online. Choose your diamond and setting. When you find the one, you'll get it delivered right to your door. Go to BlueNile.com and use promo code LISTEN to get $50 off your purchase of $500 or more. That's code LISTEN at BlueNile.com for $50 off your purchase. BlueNile.com, code LISTEN. Beneath the streets of London, there is another London. A somewhere that is never where. Benedict Cumberbatch and James McAvoy lead a stellar cast in a BBC radio adaptation of Neil Gaiman's best-selling novel. Start listening to Neverwhere now with a one-month free trial to Stitcher Premium. Go to stitcherpremium.com forward slash BBC and use promo code BOND at checkout to get your free month. You'll also hear the original Flight of the Concords and Hitchhiker's Guide to the Galaxy series from the BBC. That's stitcherpremium.com forward slash BBC and use promo code Bond. Now, on with the show. Matt and Matt, Matt and Matt, James Bond and Podcast. Myra Gorley, Gorley, Myra. James Bond and Podcast, it's the James Bond and Podcast. It's Hello, listeners, and welcome to the James Bonding Podcast, GoldenEye Revisited. I'm Matt Gorley, here to give you a little intro, information, and news up front. There was a small but almost warm and welcoming analog-sounding technical issue throughout some of this episode, mostly at the end. We took great pains to fix it in post many hours. Long story, but it's almost all gone. You might notice a little bit of it there. Apologies up front. Also, thank you so much to all the people, literally hundreds, it's mind-blowing, um, the amount of people that wrote in to be our social media liaison. We're going to probably announce that next episode. And um, before we begin with the GoldenEye review with our guest Steve Agee, I'd like to check in with our man in the East, Phil Nobile Jr., to give us what might be even an exclusive word on the street about the current state of Bond, Daniel Craig, and what's coming for Bond 25. Let's check in with him now. Phil, our man in the East, thanks for taking some time to check in with us again. Anytime, Matt. All right. So what's the scuttlebutt on the street? What's the dirt? What's the goss? What's the what's the haps? Well, there's there's uh there's nothing official and I need to yell at you, I need to chastise you guys a little bit because you I on the on the uh podcast which I appeared, you you were buying all the tabloid stuff about he's officially back and he's doing two and he's getting hundred and fifty million. I think it was Matt Myra more than you. Well, what? you know, you're right. Let me defend myself. When I see something in print in the old gray lady, the New York Times, all the news that's <laughs> fit to print, I consider that sourced. And uh, maybe if the sources aren't printed, I consider that a non-fake news, you know, a reliable news source, as I do you. So we'll take this all with a grain <laughs> of salt. But I, I actually appreciate you calling us out on our journalistic integrity. And I think we need more of it. So good. Well, yeah. I mean, the New York Times did say that, like, they think that he's all but confirmed, but they were, they were, you know, uh, that's the closest I've heard to a real thing. Right. You know? 
that leads us to what we're here to talk about today, because as this podcast drops on Tuesday the 15th, you're hearing rumblings that we might maybe hear something today? I have. I've heard that we're going to hear something on August 15th, and that might or might not have anything to do with the fact that Daniel Craig is going to be on The Late Show with Stephen Colbert tonight. And uh, maybe they are going to announce something in advance of that, or maybe he's going to announce on that show. I know if I was producing Luck and Logie, Logan Lucky, I'd be kind of upset that all the Spawn 25 chatter is eclipsing my movie. Right, right. And yeah, your prediction was maybe, that maybe they, they wanted, wanted to, to let him have that before announcing anything. But I was also wondering if maybe the Bond producers are a little savvy and are trying to ride that wave. I, th- I feel like they don't need that wave so much. This is a small movie. It's a, it's a weird thing to kind of latch onto if, if they're trying to attach their stuff to that because my prediction as much as i thought it was the true one uh kind of got upended when they announced bond 25 november 8th 2019 like right before logan lucky came out which i thought was a weird move yeah it's a slight sniping i don't know huh i'm trying to trying to read the tea leaves but it's hard to figure it out i am now i just yelled at you about unofficial news but i'm going to tell you some other unofficial stuff that i've heard and I, I don't want to get anybody in trouble. I don't even know this person, but there's a, let's say there's a, a bond collectors sort of area on the web where people chit chat. And uh, there's a guy on there who always seems to have stuff from set. He always seems to have an inside track on stuff. And then he has said some things which have panned out. So this is coming from that guy. Okay. Uh, they're saying that he's saying Craig is definitely returning. And he thinks he's doing two back-to-back. Now, I have a problem with that because Craig was very vocal about not doing two back-to-back. But that's also what the big papers are reporting, right? The trusted sources that I went all in for. Uh, Yeah, I don't know how trusted they are. But, uh, (laughs) you know, the New York Times didn't say back-to-back. The New York Times said he's coming back. Okay, this is why we need you. This is why we need you here, yeah. because Matt and I, are, we're too casual. We're, 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 like we've said, lovers, not experts, but we bring in the experts to clear it up. So consider Phil's reading of these, our reading. <laughs> so let us tack now on let's, to you. Let's throw in the middle of that. Let's throw in the middle of that, that at TCA, the uh, Nevins, the CEO of Showtime, talked about this miniseries, Purity, and said, well, he's doing Bond first, which is... Um, a weird thing to just drop in the middle of, of uh, you know, your Showtime announcement. He said that Craig is definitely doing Bond next. Yeah, so see, that's, that's really an insider. Right. That's interesting to me. And it, it feels like if that guy knows that, he would have to know that because they're doing this show. I'm surprised more right. hasn't leaked. And I, and it, it sort of lends credence to all we've been hearing because it sounds to me like if, if it's gotten that far and enough people at enough different companies have to know that, it would have leaked. And maybe that's what we're hearing. So I would, I would put my money down on this. Right. I'm, I'm just always pushing back against things that I want to be true. I got to like check myself <laughs> yeah, and, yeah. And, and not believe, just buy in, but That's smart. back to my unofficial guy. Here's another thing that he said. He said that if he's doing two back to back, he thinks it means that we'll see less action and more character driven plots. Oh, I like that. Which is an interesting thing. Yeah. Because maybe if they told Craig, you know, maybe if you just mosey through this like Roger Moore, we can knock out two and it won't be, you won't have to go in the hospital with a bad knee. Hmm. Who knows? Interesting. Now, what I else can you... I'm into that idea. What else can you tell us about the initials TH? Okay. This is the same guy and this is just flat out 
gross gossip. I had nothing to back this up. Okay, full disclaimer. And he, yeah, and he says that another bloke was signed up if Craig didn't take the option offered. His initials are TH, but not the one I thought. Now, this guy was very vocally saying that Hiddleston had an offer once upon a time. So he's saying he's a different TH. And he said he signed up to do it if DC didn't take them up on their offer. It was enough for Craig to decide, as apparently he was the last person he wanted to take the role after himself. Hmm. So, so that's Tom we Hardy, to, we we're assuming? Assume, we have to assume it's Tom Hardy. And I am curious to know I, – I asked some of my like blogger pals who are more embedded than me in Los Angeles, and they said that lots and lots of actors hate Tom Hardy. Why? I don't know. I think, I think maybe some kind of onset shenanigans. I think he's, he's, a, I think he's a big personality, oh. you know, maybe yeah. causes an extreme reaction. They work together in Layer Cake. I don't know anything about their history beyond that. Oh, interesting. Now, see, that's funny because, yeah, I'm with you on the uh, – uh, it's not that I'm dubious about that necessarily, but whenever it comes to personal gossip, it feels like once that gets translated through more than two or three people, it their own opinions get attached to it. And so, you know, yeah, I'd say take that one with a huge grain of salt, but it's very interesting that it's not Tom Hiddleston we're hearing about, it's Tom Hardy. And then that leads me to wonder how close was Christopher Nolan to that package if Daniel Craig didn't come back? Right. And this, this guy also weighs in on that. He says Nolan wanted to do three films, which, I, I, again, I'm having trouble buying. I mean, he did three Batman movies, but I feel like the, the Nolan of 2017 is not jumping onto a franchise for three movies. Very interesting. Very interesting. Wow. Well, Phil, I can't thank you enough, A, for giving us the dirt, but also setting what we know to be true straight. And we'll check in with you more. Is there anything else we need to talk about today? I don't think so, and I think it's exciting that uh, we might be hearing something official by the time this is uh, in our ears. Do you have a prediction personally? I think he'll say he's coming back. For two? I don't think, he, I don't think he's going to say two. I think if, if there is two, that's still insider junk. Uh, and I think he's – and I almost don't want him to do two. I kind of just want to see him do a, a swan song. Yeah, it would be interesting if it is to how they're going to draw that out. I, I'm very curious. So, well, hopefully, as you're listening to this, maybe it'll be a matter of hours before we hear something. Phil, I can't thank you enough, and um, the world is better having you out there looking out for these things. It is my pleasure to be part of your your bonding podcast. Right? Okay, we'll talk to you more as uh, more news develops. Phil Nobile Jr., our man in the East. Take care. And now we bring you Goldeneye Revisited with Steve Agee. Well, here we are for James Bonding, our first movie discussion of season two. And our guest today. I can't tell. A.G. A.G. Steve. A.G. Steve. No. No. Steve A.G. Steve A.G. You go by initials? It's A.G.E.E. Anyway, I'm Matt Gorley. <laughs> I'm Matt Myra. And this is James Bonding. Today's discussion, Goldeneye. Matt, uh, your pick? Do you want to... Bum, bum, bum. <laughs> bum, 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 bum. The song, of course, written by... Bono and the Edge, right? That's correct. Yeah. So, Matt, this was your choice. Tell us again 
why this is where you wanted to start. You won the coin toss. We've had somewhat of a distance between our love affair. Uh, I call it a love affair. You call it a disdain for Pierce Brosnan. Oh, let's let's start off on a good footing. Um, a complicated relationship. Okay, fair mm. enough. We just hadn't done a Pierce Brosnan movie in a while, and he was my Bond. He was the one I hit the wheelhouse with. Is that true? Yeah, he was. Uh, my favorite is Roger Moore, late great. But I was 13 when I saw Tomorrow Never Dies. And uh, sorry, guys, I'm much younger than you. <laughs> Yet I pulled my back getting out of bed this morning. <laughs> Well, I had vertigo at 5 a.m. took a Benadryl, so I'm a Matt, what are your physical ailments I woke up and did a decathlon. A deck? A whole deca? Yeah, I built 10 decks. (laughs) Of cards. (laughs) Yeah, so, you know, I wanted you to sort of revisit Pierce Brosnan, and I thought, why not get back in with his first foray into the Bond franchise? I'll tell you what, I was happy to do it. And last night, Amanda was working. Mm Mm-hmm. I had the place to myself. I threw on Goldeneye, and it just was good to get back to a Bond film. It's it's like a old friend. So it's Goldeneye. What year are we talking? Ninety four, ninety five. I can't remember. Uh, I believe this was nineteen hundred and ninety five. Okay, that's right. Yeah, mid nineties. This was after the legal troubles and uh, after Timothy Dalton bid farewell, and there was a script written. For the Timothy Dalton James Bond movie. That's right. It was like China-based, wasn't yes, it? Yes, Hong Kong. They were scheduled yeah. to shoot and everything. 1990. And uh, the franchise got caught up in the legal trouble where the people that bought MGM wanted to sell off the rights to James Bond. Oh. Cubby Broccoli was not having it. So there was a very long legal battle that only got resolved in 1993, I think. So... They cleared up their legal issues. Brosnan was finally clear of his Remington Steel contract, which precluded him from doing the Dalton era movies. And here we are with this long-awaited Pierce Brosnan as Bond. What I wonder is how long Pierce Brosnan, had he been available to do, uh, I mean, Living Daylights, would he have been James Bond from 1986 to 2004? That's a good question. I think he would have. Yeah. (laughs) Definitely. You're saying America wouldn't have gone for it? Well, it did lead me to this. And now it's no secret that Brosnan is maybe my least favorite of the Bonds. Mm-hmm. I still love Bond movies and I still like You him. like him less than Timothy Dalton? I do, yeah. Wow. I like Dalton. But I don't, I, I don't want to say that I dislike Brosnan. I'd right. like to clear that up. Yeah. All but right. So you're on the record. I do think of all the Bonds, he's the one that wants to be Bond more than, like, he needs Bond more than Bond needs him. Does that make sense? I gotta say, he's the one, of all the people who've played James Bond, he's the one that looks like he smells the best. Oh, no doubt. Yeah, he And looks I bet like he smells like he smells gentleman. the best, too. <laughs> he looks like, you just, oh, it's like, He oak, looks great in this pine. movie. He looks so good. His hair is just like, I don't know, it's not as high and tight as it is in the other movies. It's a little more flowing. He just looks But good. we don't even see his hair until he, the close-up of him. Is when that, he's hanging when upside yeah. down? That's true. But he, you assume you see him running, but the first close-up is him hanging upside down, and he's already got full lustrous hair. Hanging upside down gives it so much more body. 
It is really. I think. <laughs> I think perhaps shampoo ads should photograph upside down. <laughs> they probably oh do. My God, but it also it. that scene also made me think like, what's the best Bond reveal of the Bond? The first oh, shot of Bond. That's interesting. And I think that this may be down there for me because he's hanging upside down. Oh, in a I'm crapper. sorry, you said down there. Yeah, you meant up there, right? Well, well, let's think about them. Okay, you can't argue that Connery's is not the best reveal because it's at the the baccarat sure, he's table. At the baccarat table. He's got a cigarette in his mouth, and the first words out of his mouth are Bond, are James Bond, Bond. James Bond. I mean, that's, that's undisputed, yeah. right, Stephen? It's and classic. then go ahead and tell us about the other five, Steve. The other five James Bonds <laughs> reveals. We got Roger Moore getting a back rub from an Asian lady. You're not far off. Is, is that real? <laughs> well, Italian. But his, his reveal, as far as like a, a shot, is yeah. very forgettable i don't remember what i it also is. don't remember what it is so we'll, as we'll put that down there okay well. but we skip lazenby yeah whose first shot is on the beach yeah and kind of looking straight into camera yeah so it's a little weird <laughs> he's shampooing his head <laughs> on the beach <laughs> with sand and uh so then timothy dalton i love dalton it's um after the second MI6 guy dies and you oh, hear right. the, like birds go and it does a like kind of crash zoom on him as he turns around. I think it's great. That is great. And then of course we have Pierce Brosnan hanging yeah. upside down while someone is shooting. Right. Comedically it's good. You're talking the very first time we see this yeah, person. But but for Gravitas, it doesn't do much for me. And then Daniel Craig's is in black and white. So then his first reveal of Bond is either the gun barrel. Or him in Madagascar. Yes. I, I think it's still his reveal as the character is that black and white shot of him sitting in the chair that I think is pretty cool. It's low key. He's not a double O yet. All right. Steve, where do you weigh in on this? I think it's Madagascar. <laughs> it sounds like the next Bond girl's name. Madagascar. All right, so Pussy let's get into this. Madagascar. Pussy. Can we start with the gun barrel sequence? Let's start with the gun barrel sequence. Uh, I think he does a great one. I think he does one that doesn't need to be reshot ever. I have mixed feelings. Tell me. Why do you have mixed feelings about this? You don't like how smooth he moves? How handsome he looks? I think his walk is is killer. He's great. He's got a good stride. He's confident. You're talking about the credit? Yeah. Thing? Oh, yeah. But when he turns to fire and his stance, it looks more like he's slapping than he's firing a gun. Like, he just kind of... I don't know what it is. It's just kind of... Um, You've got a pivot problem. I think so. Pivot and execution, but the run-up to it is top-notch. Uh, Dale Craig's is the best, I think. Oh, it's so good. Yep. He's so precise with it, and he really looks like he's going to kill somebody. And he's got three, technically. Yeah. Yeah. And, you know, Sean Connery's is not even Sean Connery. No. Doesn't he do it at some point? I guess maybe he I feel does. like he never did it. Yeah, he I might. feel like they just used, kept using that one. They may be right. And then there is Roger Moore's, which is fine. I like his end stance, though. In fact, he, of all the Bonds, has a trademark like gunfire thing where he kind of throws his left hand out to the side a little bit. Got to balance when you shoot a gun. You got to pirouette. It's it's very balletic. But I think as he's throwing that arm out, it opens him up to getting shot in the left arm. Mm -hmm. (laughs) Mm-hmm. really foolish I suppose so you want to get you want to you want to be like a little tiny tree you know that's true you want to ball up (laughs) 
You go in a fetal when you shoot a gun. <laughs> you're going to get the child's pose on a yoga mat and fire that PPK. Child's pose. <laughs> Downward dog. I'm a little baby. You're going to die. I'm chimp on not even junior. <laughs> Just try and I hit me. I want my titty milk shaking, not, not pumped. <laughs> shaking, not pumped. Well, how are we going to get it to you? We have to, it has to pump out of a breast at some point. Shake that titty first. Oh, God. <laughs> oh, so you just want to shake the titty. Whatever comes down. out, that's what we're going This for. is just an inkling of the way this series is going to go. Baby Bond. Baby Bond. The baby Bond series. That'd be a great animated series, a baby Bond. This is my crib mate, Q. He gave me a, a baby bottle with cyanide in it. <laughs> and I accidentally drank it. This waddle detects radiation. <laughs> My crib has an ejector button. <laughs> um, I would watch that cartoon. I would think of it as Muppet Babies, right? Yeah, yeah, It'd be that yeah. sort of thing. And we'd never see M; we'd just see her legs. That's funny. I was going to say M is like six years old, but no, I think I like that better. Yeah, that's good. And he, and she or he speaks with the Charlie Brown muted trumpet. <laughs> Russians. <laughs> you just have to hear key things of what his mission is. And Baby Blofeld's the only one with hair. Oh, Baby Blofeld's <laughs> adorable. <laughs> if you're out there uh, and you like drawing, please do some character sketches yeah. for us. And Knickknack yes, is like six inches tall. Knickknack. Knickknack. Tabasco. All right. So, gun barrel wise, I forget how quick these come because. They've always been teasing them in the Daniel Craig ones. Like, yeah. they never happen when I want them to happen. Right. You never know when they're going to come. And uh, it just felt quick to me now mm-hmm. watching this Pierce Brosnan situation. Yeah. But let's talk about the opening the opening pre-credit sequence, which is, you know, I, I like a James Bond movie where they add another double O agent. Mm. You know, I like yeah. like in Living Daylights. Um, yeah. Like, Octopussy. Yep. And another double O goes down. Skyfall, mm. right? Well, there's the you, well, there's the discussion of the Double O program. Did Ronson, you, you talking about Ronson? No, uh, what's his name from No Country for Old Men? Oh, oh right. yeah, right. he's a Double O. Fucking Ag schooling us. We should have had him on the Skyfall episode. <laughs> Emma, oh, James, long time no see. <laughs> Kincaid, you're still alive. You've left me here to die alone. <laughs> Thanks for burning down the only place I live. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Never just... mind. I looked after it for years and you just burned it down. I guess I'll go live on the ice. Thank God, <laughs> Thank God your parents left me that stipend. <laughs> How else My am I living? Diem. Also, I'm basically a useless character. <laughs> Why didn't I die? <laughs> I'm just here for sexual tension with Dame Judy Dredge. <laughs> sexual tension. Talk about a spinoff. That is a spinoff I want to see where Kincaid and Emma go on holiday oh, to the first Mary Go Hotel or whatever That's it is. Adorable. I will say, yes. in the in the spirit of Brosnan appreciation, which is the way I'm going to approach this, sure. I think this is one of the top five cold opens in all of the series. I love this cold open. Wow. I really do. I always have. I think I'm on record even in the last time we did this. Yeah. And it's interesting. I was wondering when we go through these movies again, am I just going to say a bunch of the same shit that I did I last time? I was wondering time? too. I found I, nothing but new stuff to say. I thought I should listen to see what I say previously. No, I didn't go and that I did far. not. <laughs> so 
but I know a lot of the stuff is new. So it it's because a good sign that we're going to have plenty to talk about. Eyes. That's right. And and that's a good way to go, I think. Yeah. I look forward to that 4-hour thunderball. <laughs> I do um, not. What do you what the cold, do that you... cold open ends in the airplane, right? Yeah. Okay. Um but I have a note that because bungee jumping was so popular at the time. That was such a big thing. Sure. And this is directed by Martin Campbell who yep. did Casino Royale. That That's crazy to that me. That golden eye, the golden eye bungee jump is Bungee jumping is to GoldenEye as parkour is to Casino Royale. Like, what's big at the oh, time? Oh, that's interesting. Nice set oh, piece with yeah. extreme and sports then, of the time. And I found a couple of interesting similarities that they both, both, even though the parkour sequence isn't the cold open of a Casino Royale, it's really the first set piece of it, they both kind of end with Bond at the mercy of a bunch of the enemies with guns and having oh, to yeah. get... Ex- use an explosion to get out of that situation. You know what I mean? Right. So he blows up the gas. But this has the trope, the Bond trope of uh, his survival re- re- relying completely on the yoke of an aircraft. Which has uh, occurred how many times? A lot. Yeah. It's essentially just, let's let's make this aircraft go out of frame, and then we'll pull him out of it, and we'll hit the music. Right, yeah. It's a good sequence, though, boy. It really is, and it's so... There's some corny shit in it, though. Yeah. In this particular sequence? Yeah, when he's standing behind the the roller with all the explosive tanks in it. And that seems so Austin Powers to me. It did, Just... but it's pre-Austin Powers, right? Or It is, yes. Yeah, yeah and I actually found that pretty funny and like kind of childishly, like, and charming. Like cute in a way. Here's I, what I don't understand. So in an effort to escape that room, he hits the button on the conveyor belt. Yeah. And when he jumps on the conveyor belt, he shoots an AK-47 at... A lock, maybe? A, a lock or a hinge or something that then drops and sh- just barrels upon barrels of gasoline are falling down. Why... Is gasoline stored that way? Yeah. There's is no it liquid gasoline? Wasn't it like a so vapor So if you unhook that in the room just for your job, yeah. <laughs> everything would just come yeah. flying out. Oh, it's like uh, it's like the trick they play on the new guy. Hey, we need a new tank. Uh, you want to no, go get it? No, but that gasoline is specifically for action set pieces. Oh, okay. Was oh, that what it is? Yeah, that's, this is a Russian film studio. Oh. <laughs> They're on a set. That's the only thing. Here's something else that I've started to... Uh, in my old age, curmudgeonly get wise to is just the fact that things shouldn't explode with that much fire unless they're primed with fuck tons of gasoline. So the explosion of this facility makes sense to me. Yeah. But later in the movie, when the when the helicopter goes down, yeah, with Xenia on the top, yeah, the amount of fire that's in that but is like a the pretty entire, hefty gas tank in that. I would think. Yeah, but it looked like the entire cockpit was full of gasoline <laughs> yeah <laughs> yeah the way it burns martin campbell is the star of this film i have to say though. what because yes because okay i mean i i noticed this the last time we watched casino royale how elegantly he directs action without calling too much attention to his direction like you know those born movies are all about look at how the camera moves and everything this opening sequence is shot so simply but effectively and like when it's precise, yeah. When Alec and Bond open the the vent and there, it's shot from below. It's just sometimes I watch it just for the direction and never notice how good it is because yeah. it just flows so nice. I, I, I Martin Campbell, 
It's crazy. He did these two amazing Bond films. I found it. I, I just realized last night that he did Casino Royale, and I was yeah, I couldn't believe it. Yeah, but what? I mean, he did Green Lantern. He did Green Lantern, which was a huge Lantern. flop. I haven't seen Zorro. What else did he do? I don't know. I'm surprised he doesn't do more. It seems like you would want to hand him franchises. I feel like he'd be great at a Fast and Furious. But the only reason he came back to Bond because they were going to reinvent it. They offered him another Brosnan, and he just didn't want to continue on in the same vein. But I wish he would have. I'm going to look him his directing credits up. What has he been doing lately? Yeah. Um, I will say, though, that the relationship between... Uh, the relationship between... M, not M, 007 and 006 is is interesting because you get this sort of they're about the same age. You feel like they came up through the service together. Yeah. But I'm trying to figure out plot wise, not to jump too far ahead in the plot. Just like what, when does does 006 just decide to turn? Yeah, that that well, that's don't weird. Do that. Don't they say because of his face? He's no. like, why'd you set the timer to three minutes? Yeah. Like, it's Dude, like, you were telling him to fucking kill everyone to begin with, which would have killed you. So I why? thought he would, this was planned from an early age because of his upbringing with the, all the costs. So you and assume that what? He doesn't want to th- go through with that mission? He wasn't really shot in the face, I don't think. That was all fake. So you think that was all. And so he's upset about the explosion happening sooner because he would have gotten out and disappeared. I don't That's like why it, he's they, scarred. Well, they need to make it clearer because the scarring could have also come from a bullet and an explosion. I don't think a bullet's going to scar up the whole side of your face. You don't, I mean, he's not looking at him when he shoots. You know but what I, mean? I, think, I think it's clear enough that Apparently that's Apparently you happened. do, but two people here don't yeah, think I don't that. Think it's clear. Really? I thought it was really weird that that's why he has turned on Bond. One thing I can guarantee you, mm-hmm. we're going to get a lot of emails telling us what it is. <laughs> Is that true? Do you guys get a lot of emails? Yeah. Listen, I'm thrilled with those emails, and I can't wait for our new social media director to filter those emails. Just to get us, we're going to choose someone. But just so you know, I've never seen so many emails come in, and it was heart heartwarming and flattering. We got so many emails from people wanting to do. I mean, so many that I literally couldn't read. I've heard podcasts say that before. Like, we get so many emails, we can't possibly read it. I. It was crazy. My inbox was going insane. So we'll we'll figure out some way to choose someone, and there's some amazing contenders in there, first of all. So thank you guys so much for your interest in doing that. That's very exciting. Genuinely appreciate it. And I'm very excited that we might be able to get some of this off of our plate and onto yours. Yeah, I don't know how we're going to choose. We may have to just randomly choose some. This is insane, by the way. I don't think Martin Campbell works because he, I feel like he doesn't need to or want to. Maybe he really chooses projects he cares about. So his last credit after Casino Royale is Ferris Edge of Bueller. Darkness with Liam Neeson. What'd you say? Ferris Bueller. <laughs> the so TV dumb. show? Yeah. He did Edge of Darkness with Liam Neeson. Never seen a movie that. I don't remember. Yeah. Green Lantern, which we all remember. Mm. One episode of the television show Last Resort. Classic. I've never heard of a any A TV of movie show. called Reckless. Wow. A TV movie called Warriors. A movie called The Foreigner. Oh. I wonder, it's like The Foreigner and Reckless, are they based on plays? I don't know. The Foreigner is Jackie Chan nope. and Pierce Brosnan. Oh. Mm. And it comes out this year. This year? In October. Oh, boy. Hello, James Bonding episode. Oh, man. 
I love Chucky Chan. So there's a still image from from this movie. Um, Jackie Chan and Pierce Brosnan are standing uh, across the desk from each other, and uh, it'll make you feel real old. Real did you old. see the um, edit somebody got did gray with, hairs. with Brosnan and Spectre? No, is it trailer? any good? It's interesting. It's interesting to think like that could have happened. I actually think in some ways Brosnan makes a better Bond looking older because he's not quite as pretty. You Would know? you like him to be like uh, grizzled and... Uh, you know how Affleck's supposed to be the Dark Knight Batman? Yeah. How he's supposed to be the old... Right, yeah. Batman, would you like? Would you be into the idea? Let's say Daniel Craig does one more movie. Would you be into the idea of them bringing back Pierce Brosnan for one go around as an older James Bond? As an experiment, I'd be curious, but yeah, I don't know. It's funny because you can do that by bringing Affleck in to do the older Dark Knight Batman, but every Bond basically gets to become that in their tenure, like Roger Moore especially. Um, do you think? Daniel Craig's now 50, almost going to, he's going to be 50. Yeah. I think he's 49. Yeah. He's going to be, by the time the movie comes out, it'll be 52. That's so shitty. I am the same age as Daniel Craig. <laughs> you guys, I'm the same age as Alex Jones. You are? <laughs> yeah. That's crazy. I mean, you're younger actually than Daniel Craig, 48. He could still do Bond. Good, good to know. We need to go younger. Have you heard about Steve Agee? <laughs> He just drinks green juice. Sometimes he gets vertigo in the morning and we'll have to wait on shooting, but yeah. <laughs> I mean, he'll take a Benadryl and be fine by two. <laughs> a little sluggish. Uh. <laughs> and cut. <laughs> Steve, get up off the ground. I'm sorry. It just feels so good to lay down. <laughs> well, let's shoot another love Double scene today. Okay. Bond, James Bond. I'm there Bond. did it. I'm James Bond. Steve Steve does the whole movie from Child's Pose. <laughs> uh okay, so also I feel like we'd be remiss uh, like I think we mentioned it in the last episode but the opening sequence inside this facility beautifully recreated in the GoldenEye Nintendo 64 game. Mm-hmm. That's true. That's a great game. It's the we best should, game. We do need to do an episode on we that. We will. We will. We will. The killing of Alec in the opening scene is a great hook because it's totally it's something that you feel like well that's got to play into it somehow later and it it adds some real emotional stakes because usually the opening scenes are kind of fluffy yeah this one gave it some heft i do like when they have nothing to do with the plot i miss that i like both i like if it's used well i think this one is the best of both worlds it has a like a little teaser for the plot or or something that you don't know how it's going to play in later but also stands on its own as a great opening sequence. And it has the added benefit of it being in the past. You know right. what I mean? Oh, that's right. Like, yeah, I forget about that. Yeah. Oh, my God. Yeah, they jump almost 10 years. Yeah. Is that the biggest time jump ever? I mean, because there's the one... Brosnan has a lot of time jumps because he, in Die Another Day, is in that Korean prison. For how long? For the length of a title sequence. <laughs> the longest title sequence. <laughs> Because that song is a piece of shit. I don't know. Is it six months or six years? Or I feel something? like it's like eighteen months. I can't remember. Again, nine years is such a long time. <laughs> he looks no different. <laughs> There's not one more wrinkle in the eyes or nothing. Yeah, I never thought about it. Same with the Russian soldier guy. Yeah, the general. 
General. That guy's good. Oromoff. Oromoff. Yeah. Yeah, that guy's real good. He's good. He's got a great. He's like, got a great character actor face. Yeah. Po- post. Uh, Mortem. What's What's his name? Poor man's Roy Scheider. Or. Ron man's. Silver. No, Roy. He looks like Roy, Roy Scheider to me. Oh, he, he does. Like yes, yes, he does. I can see that totally. Oh, Roy Scheider would have been a great villain in a Bond movie. <gasps> he would have. Have you seen Marathon Man? Yes. Yeah. God, that's Roy good. Scheider, I feel yeah. like, is so weirdly underrated yeah. for having been in like the French Connection and Jaws. And like uh, all that jazz. jazz. And yeah. Sequest DSV. Right. Which is and Star Air Trek in the Blue Thunder, I mean, yeah. yeah. Ugh. Yeah. Roy Scheider, shout out. I know you're listening to us from heaven. Also, dibs on the Roy Scheider podcast we're going to be putting out <laughs> soon. Uh, Roy Scheidering. <laughs> <laughs> Scheider Freuding. We got three listeners. Did you download it? Yeah, me too. <laughs> we got one. One is Roy Scheider's widow. Oh, oh, Jesus Christ! What? He's dead. I know. That's she sad. might want to listen. It's sad that she'd be the only listener. Yeah. Good um, for you, Miss Schneider. That motos- motorcycle ride off the cliff is an amazing stunt. It's a great stunt. A it lot of blue screen, so though. Ah. Oh, but that's after. Yeah. Oh, yeah. The actual true. wide that's shot true. is incredible. Yeah, the, the blue screen. of That's very true, but the blue screen's not quite down. good enough to sell the whole thing. N- no, but I give it a pass. It's... I also think that's impossible, right? Wouldn't you just be falling at the same speed as the airplane? Well, the airplane, theoretically, is going at a, at somewhat of an angle, it's so its wings are still getting some lift, Okay, so it's go- it's descending slower. Okay. Yeah, According to then. science yeah. that I I'll just made up. I also love, even though it sort of looks like miniatures when the whole complex breaks up, but there blows up at the end. I just love the look of that. They did a lot of miniature work on this episode. This episode, yeah. this they, pod, this podcast. What the fuck is this? A movie we're talking about? Yeah, that's it. They but could it, have killed Bond, right? Because the, there's that moment where he's out of the plane and then he's getting on the motorcycle. And everyone pull, puts their guns oh, and the up, and the general goes, wait. I want to see this. Like, dude, no, don't wait. Just fucking shoot him. I did, I, yeah, I did kind of like that. I'm like, I can't wait to watch this guy die driving off a cliff. Yeah. But it's I like, like, I don't even think move. he thinks he's going to jump off the cliff. I think he thinks just, wait till you see this, he's going to see it's a dead end and have to come back and we'll shoot Yeah. Him. I thought that was pretty funny. Shoot him right in that pretty face of his. Yeah. The miniatures in this remind me a bit of like the Thunderbirds miniatures in that they they feel almost <laughs> like so pleasantly miniature. Even Mr. the Rogers flames. Neighborhood or something. <laughs> I just love it. I I miss miniatures in movies. There's a couple of great photos from the set of the special effects guys working on, particularly the dish in Saranova. Oh yeah, Derek Meddings, right? And his son did it too. Yeah, but Casino Royale had miniatures in it as well. And did it? I think. Yeah, because the whole um, Venetian house crumbling from the outside is like a, it's like, I don't know, six or seven or eight feet tall. And they composite it into the real Venice cityscape. But I I feel like that's missing, a little of that practical stuff is missing after Quantum of Solace, because Skyfall and then especially Spectre gets real CG. But then... We've talked about this before. Some of the stuff that's actually practical looks CG because they end up kind of like treating it or adding yeah, smoke. Yeah, once and they stuff. do color correction and stuff like that, yeah. I feel like they ruin a lot of the uh, eye trickery. Yeah, that can happen. I agree because the case in point is when um, 
Craig and that what's the guy's name in Quantum of Solace that's the bad agent in the beginning? The bad agent in the beginning. That he chases on foot through Sienna. And when he Oh when, yeah. I forget his name. M's right hand. Yeah. I forget his name as well. But when they fall through that glass window, that's yeah. real. But it yeah. just doesn't look real. And then like the Spectre Mexico City building facade falling, I think is mostly real, yeah. isn't it? Yeah. Guys, we just want to get back to non color corrected James Bond. Yeah. That's right. I'm tired of this gritty sepia bullshit that the Cohen brothers started. Oh, man. Yeah. Fading. I am a man of constant sorrow. Whole movie. Sepia. Would you take a Cohen brothers Bond film? No. I don't know what they'd do with it. I mean, just for a. If they were like, we're going to do this and we're going to do it. For realsies, yeah. Imagine and if it John was like no, no country for might old men. Might be in it <laughs> as Vaughn. <Bond. laughs> then I'd watch. Yes, with John Goodman as M. <laughs> and, well, isn't that what Atomic Blonde? Or no, I guess M M at Walsh should play M. Did you see Atomic Blonde? I yet? didn't know. Did you see Atomic Mm-mm. Blonde yet? Did I like didn't it? see it yet. Yeah. We should. I've heard multiple things about it. Yeah, I've heard bad things about it. That's I've all, heard good which and bad. Bums me out because that trailer looked amazing. All I've heard is bad things. Really, about I've heard it. some yeah. good stuff. Have you from whom? Nico Case. Great. Said it was she amazing. Likes it. Yeah. Into it. Yeah. Nico's a she's got a good taste. That's right. She enjoys a good flick. That's a good enough recommendation for me. We should see it and maybe talk about it. Love it. We got lots of episodes. Lots of episodes go. to do. Yeah. So little time. That's right. All right, let's talk about that opening credit sequence. Mm, yeah, I just read there's just just released the art of the title released an interview with Daniel Kleiman about this. Uh and um it's, Did he it's a good read. Did he apologize. <laughs> oh. He shot almost everything in there is practical. It's mm-hmm. just composited optically. So yeah. even though it looks very CG, like for even... some reason the thing that bothers me the most is the woman who turns her head, and then there's another woman's head. Same woman. That bothers me. That's I don't like the, that. the Yanis thing. That, yeah, and then the uh, thing. and then the opening of the mouth and the shooting of the luger. It looks out strange. of the mouth. It just looks weird. Yeah. There's something that bothers me about the way her neck comes together in a strange little nub. <laughs> like an Adam's apple? Yeah, but like... We have problems. <laughs> we have real problems. These are the things we're looking at. It is It is a bit jarring to go from what would have been licensed to kill the last Maurice Binder one, which is all that flat yeah, monochromatic, or not monochromatic, but like there's no gradation. Everything's the same type of yeah. flat colors into this kind of like more 3D world. And we've talked about it before, but I think that Tina Turner does a great job. Yeah, I like great that song. Job that song. You like that song? The lyrics make no sense. To I'm me. lukewarm on the song. I think she does a great job with it. Yeah, but it, I don't know. It doesn't it doesn't bring me back. Um, I like the little string plucks. Yeah, it's very bond like. Yeah, those little uh, horn section very bond like. Yeah, those are really the key elements for a Bond song for me, which is why I didn't really. Take on Sam Smith's Bond theme very warmly. Yeah, I mean, maybe when I revisit it, it's got it. strings, right? But not like yeah, they're more. Um, I need a hard horn hit. Yeah, I agree. I think that's hard really horn key. Hit. Oh, hello. What's that mean? Doors open. Your wife's oh. escaping. <laughs> See, I'll be right back. Uh, later, guys. <laughs> um. So. 
also, but I do like that it's the sort of the Bond title sequence that illustrates the fall of the yeah of the uh, Iron Curtain. But Kleinman brings that into the Bond titles that was never there before. He tells a story in most of his yeah. Well, die another day. This one. Um, Every time you say the phrase "die another day," Specter does. A song pops into my head. Yeah. Specter does. Skyfall, Skyfall does a bit. God, Skyfall's great. Yeah, that's, that's a that's goodie. A top, oh, man. That, top that title sequence, sequence, that song. That song. That shirtless Fidel. hunk. Now, she's rumored to to be coming back for the next one if Craig does, maybe but that still sounds like a pretty big Maybe she's modern-day Shirley Bassey as far be, as the Bond franchise is concerned. That would be a no-brainer to me. That would be great. That would be awesome. Yeah. She hits some notes that I just uh, give me chills every time she does it. Yeah. I think that the beauty of the song, though, is that you're getting that, that brassiness with a voice that can just punch through the whole thing which yeah. is what tina turner brings i'm really glad bono didn't sing it yeah there is that demo out there right where he does in fact that's what Di- daniel Kleiman was given i think and it's like a six minute version i've never heard that i think there is wow well if you have it let us know not you oh. personally I you might have it. Matt, let us know if you have it. Matt, yeah. if you have it, let us know. Stop you guys are sitting on it. Matt, write in your chairs. Matt, could you write into the podcast and let us know that you sure, may or may I'll not have it? get the email. All right, so we open on this, uh, I guess what I would call a car flirtation scene. A, a flirtation. A car, car flirtation. The music in this scene is brutal. It's... It's the worst part of this movie, I think, is the... Not to take anything away from... It's David Arnold, right? No, this is Eric Serra, remember? Oh, well, then, thank God. No, David Arnold David. would be a welcome. Sorry. Sorry I even... Remember, don't you remember that. when we get to the end of this movie, what we're in for? Yes. We'll talk about that at the end. Yes. Incredible. Um, this music's too dated. It was dated when it came out. Yeah, and I think that's a real problem, because when you think back to the other James Bond movies, you get a little bit of it in the 70s. You get a little bit Talking of it in whole... the car. Yeah. yeah. That is so... Weird. That music was so weird. <laughs> it's, it's like, like this cartoon. does not go with what is happening. God, what's happening? Are we under attack? It's probably a package. Jesus Christ, it's a bomb. <laughs> yeah, James I ordered, bomb. I ordered a live. <laughs> Thank you. Goodbye. You're so proud of this. And I'm on Benadryl. I can't believe that worked. Could you imagine if Steve was uh, fully aware of what's happening? Dead clean straight. <laughs> Um, yeah. So yeah, that, that so it's the Aston Martin DB5. It's sort of uh, harkening back to Goldfinger, and you get a Ferrari. And I was reading for some reason about the production of that sequence and how hard it was to do for them because of how vastly different both of those cars handle. Oh, interesting. Yeah, because the Aston Martin is like this beautiful old car that has like 210 horsepower. And then the Ferrari is this magnificently engineered brand new car with 450 horsepower. They had to like put shitty tires on the Ferrari. Oh, for it to <laughs> so remotely... that they're more comparable. Yeah. Oh wow. They had to like really dumb down the Ferrari for it to work with the Aston Martin. See, the, that's the kind of fun fact you're you're not going to get on any other James Bond podcast. By the you way, might. there's like one or two shots in that sequence where I am absolutely positive there's a male stunt driver. In- oh. In Almost a certainly. Bonka Jansen. Oh, yeah. Wig. It's probably because Remy Julien did the 
effects. I mean, the stunts for this. So yeah. Probably him or one of his sons. What do you think of the bicycle guys? Nope. Cornball. Yeah. Cornball, but could be I think worse. Bond-esque. Very, yeah, yeah. 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 Very yeah. Roger Moore era. Like yeah, a holdover very, from that, for sure. as close to a pigeon double take as we get in the Brosnan era. No. There's got to be something. Something worse? Something yes. more corny, you think? There's got to be. We'll, well, we'll be on the lookout for that. Yeah, we will. <laughs> Uh, well, like, so far I feel like something is coming to mind I can't think of it I don't know I can't wait till we do it tomorrow <laughs> never dies I really can't oh boy <laughs> so then we go to the casino and I don't care what movie what Bond actor I love a James Bond casino scene more than anything it just it gets my goose now Gumping. You love a good as someone who's. Rat. I don't care what it is. Someone who's watched every James Bond movie multiple times and who's seen every casino scene multiple times and who got married in a casino. It's true. I have no clue how Baccarat works. I still have I no either. clue. Read Casino Royale. He takes you on a like two page primer on how it works so that you understand the movie. Still don't understand it. It's like Tell it's a lot it like well. Tell me I don't how it works entirely, man. but it's similar to blackjack in that you have to get, I think, as close to, to a 19? nine as possible. Nine oh, or nineteen, nine. maybe. And so then the face cards are worth one. Uh, I don't remember. No, oh, it seems like someone just told me to read something. That yeah, I didn't say. Read. No, and I didn't say I remember. Seems like a game that everybody playing it is improvising. <laughs> they're making Especially up the, with rules the words while they're playing. Sweevy, banco, duhui, bank. Sweevy, yeah, banco, sweevy. Also, like, how, what are they playing with? Franks? I don't know, but those cards they're playing with are a million as min- piece. minimal as can be. There's nothing on the back and no numbers on the faces. God, of them. that blew my mind when I was watching it for some reason because I just can't. It would take me five hours to play a hand of blackjack just to figure out what I'd be you like have. One, the two, cards are yeah. huge. Three. Yeah. Four, I don't know. Sweetie. What is this? Banco. What do I have? Nuf. Do I have banco? Sweetie, I don't know. Plinko. <laughs> Yahtzee. Uh, she's got a cigar. Is this pre-Lewinsky? It is, right? Uh, yeah. Yes. 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 Yeah. Okay. And now, yeah, that's just I interesting. I do like, however, that she orders a vodka martini shake and not stirred after Pierce Brosnan says it. Because you're like, fuck yeah, that sounds like a great drink right now. Yeah. Yeah. I'm going to yeah. have a couple tonight. Yeah. By the way, I didn't know that was... Bumpka Jansen until way later. Really? She really? looks different to me than she does. She's got heavy makeup on. I screen grabbed uh, her and Pierce Brosnan making the two ugliest faces I've ever seen. I think I know make. the one. Yeah. And uh, I meant to post it and I didn't. So by the time this comes up, you'll just pop over to our Instagram and you'll. Do we have an Instagram account? No, we should, baby. We got to secure that before this episode goes up. That's right. <laughs> Yeah. Uh, Someone's going to squat on that URL. When he leaves the casino, he just goes running through what is like a ballet pantomime outside. Yeah, and even very... for Bond, that's, I, that's, maybe it's just having done enough theater in my time. I feel it's very rude to just run through someone's show, no matter Absolutely. how French and balletic it is or pantomime. Even if it's ballet mimes, yeah, you feel like you shouldn't be able to run through that? I do think it's presumptuous of him, because also those people are there to see whatever uh, that is, a ballet baby doll getting a you know flower what? from someone. Do you know what happened? <laughs> no. I'll tell you why that was a good thing. That audience gathered, and we're like, oh, there's going to be a little performance here. It's great. It's great. It's great. 
Oh, okay. And then they see what the performance is, and they're like, shit, should we leave? Should we leave? They're going to see us. They're going to see us. We can't leave. We're stuck here now. Fuck, something needs to happen. He ran. He left. Let's go follow him. That, they should show the rest of that scene where everybody gets up and leaves. And it's then, the worst, though, when you sit down for something like a street performer or something, or you're, you stand there, yeah. and then they start, and you're like, oh, this is not something I'm going to enjoy. But yeah. you're locked in, yeah. because yep. you're not a rude Gus. You know the uh, great musician Steve Earle, right? Yeah. Well, when he got out of prison, he was trying to rebuild his career, and so he did a performance at the Long Beach Tower Records. And right in the center of the store, and we went to see him, and we were the only ones there. And so we showed up right at the beginning, and it was just sort of awkward and strange, but we felt like we couldn't leave. So we're standing three feet from him, just me and my girlfriend at the time, watching Steve Earle do acoustic guitar set for like 45 minutes. Oh, my God. Did he do the Darth Vader voice? I don't think so. It's James, James Earl Jones. Oh. <laughs> that did not land well. No, no. I got it. I just wish that Matt... <laughs> Had gotten it. Yeah, up. I didn't. Hey, tag me out next time. So, <laughs> let me ask this, Matt. In yeah. that in that situation, were did anyone else like filter in, or were you alone the entire time? The only other person there was the person from the now defunct radio station that was kind of like presenting it. Oof. Yeah, but he then went on to do great things. He yeah, was on the wire, course. and he was. But did, a, did you feel? Were you a fan of his, and that that's why you went, or were you in Tower Records and were like, oh? I'll see no, him. no, I went to see him. Yeah. I was a sort of a fan. Yeah, that's, that's sort of. That's not enough. Hey, to I've stand heard of this guy's feet name. Feet. Let's go watch him. He's got two first names. Good enough for me. <laughs> um, so what do we think of the fact that the Aston Martin has a fax machine <laughs> or a, a champagne chiller? The champagne chiller. 100% I buy. Yeah, I like that. You know, there's a lot of... They sell... It's an option available in a lot of uh, the bigger luxury sedans is a cooler in the middle of the seats. Uh-huh. Like, it's a weird option. That, that was in a Toyota minivan in the 80s. They yeah. had a little, like, ice maker. Yeah. That's true. How long are your fucking trips that you're needing an ice maker? Good question. Yeah. I don't know. If you know, please don't write in. <laughs> um, <laughs> Keep it to yourself. So that's the first we hear of the new new Money Penny, Samantha Bond. Yeah, she's good. She's great. She's really good. Um, and yeah, he gets a he gets a fax. He sends the picture, right? Yeah. He sends the picture for gets the fax with the information. And here's here's another part I don't understand of the plot of this movie. The admiral that she's with, or colonel, what is he? Uh, yeah, something I'm not sure. She pulls rank. He's, right. he's commander. Bond's a commander. He was cast thing. only for his sex death face, though. Which is great. He plays a great corpse. Yeah. <laughs> he reminds me of Jerry Blank's father in Strangers with Candy. <laughs> oh, my God. I was thinking of Strangers with Candy this morning. I was always thinking of Strangers That's with Candy. That's one of the best I quoted it ever. when you went to the bathroom. That's nice right. camel toe, Susie. Remember how much you and I used to watch that? Oh, my like, God. When the DVDs came out each time, we'd get together and watch yep. those. God, it's I, the best. It's I the have best. the Trapper Keeper set. You know, oh, so do I. Yeah. 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 I also own it on iTunes. I do too. It's, it's the still only show in I own. Fucking standard definition. Yeah. Yep. Like, yeah. Not widescreen. It's the only show I own all of it in iTunes. Yeah. Oh. Few kids haven't watched Strangers with Candy. Oh, do yourself a favor. You're yeah. missing it. The out. best show. You get the <laughs> just amazing, amazing performances out of out of uh, 
Amy Sedaris. Timmy's coming over. We're going to play some liars. Okay. We, I quoted it when we were in the Goldberg, we're writing in the Goldberg's room and someone throws in a line of like, I got something to say. <laughs> I got something to say. I got something I'm like the only say. one in the room who like yells it out like oh, that. God. I don't think they know what I'm talking about. Uh, I know where we can get a cinder block. <laughs> where? From that. What's your juice. favorite, what's your favorite episode of Stranger with Candy? Oh, fuck. Mine by far is the one where she like traps Tammy Little Nut in the hotel. Yeah. What what is what goes on in that one? I'm trying to remember because I know that's the one I've watched the most. Tammy, Tammy it's the baby one. It's, the baby one, it's yes. The, oh god. Where they for uh, home ec or whatever class they have to pretend they have uh-huh. a baby for, or no, they get an actual get baby an actual for baby. a week. Yeah, that's right, and she becomes like kind of an abusive husband to yes. Tammy yeah. Little Nut. Yes. Yeah. Uh, my favorite is when uh, Paul Donello's face. Yes, that's another comes one of my favorites. Off. Oh god, <laughs> that one's incredible. It's like fucking amazing. I like the 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 glint one where they. Oh made, yes, the the, the hole I can make glint. I can make drugs. Uh, and she also the uh, racism episode where they bring in Tim Meadows to, oh, to oh, counsel yeah. the school. Yeah, <laughs> I'm a black man and also an astronaut. That frightens you, doesn't it? <laughs> Well, we're, welcome to Jerry Blanking. <laughs> Blanking. All right. Sorry. That was a digression. Ooh, that's a good but everyone idea. go watch uh, Strangers with Candy. Please. Yeah. Well, we cut. We, we Oh, but about com- the plot. The problem with the plot that I had oh, regarding what? Admiral Guy. The person that she is then with the next day, is that a double? Oh, yeah. I wondered about that, too. Like, it's not explained at all. Is it just the fucking plot to Thunderball, you know? Kind of, Where they yeah. pull the... They, plastic surgery yeah, guy to really look like show. a in fact I remember yeah. remarking to myself that like oh that must be a double and we're gonna see that in a bit and we, we never do yeah we don't see it mm. alright hey there's a brand new show here at Earwolf it's called Homophilia and you should subscribe now Homophilia is a show where Dave Holmes and Matt McConkie meet with fantastic LGBT celebrities and grill them about what they're loving, their favorite movie, TV, and music, and who they're loving, whether it's a grinder fling or a long-term partner. If you heard Matt's miniseries Rock Bottom on Bitch Sesh, this is a lot like that. Matt's a writer for Bajillion Dollar Properties and also the official film critic of Bitch Sesh, and he's teamed up with writer, TV host, and former MTV VJ Dave Holmes to make Homophilia. It's a queer comedy party that celebrates pop culture obsessions and digs into celebrities' personal lives. Their first guest is the wonderful and hilarious Cameron Esposito, and episodes come out on Fridays. Subscribe to Homophilia in Stitcher, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you listen. And if you like it, tell a friend. Then we cut to the um, computer ice station zebra or whatever, and we meet <laughs> Boris and Natalia. Oh, uh, Alan Cumming. Yeah. What do you think? Love him. Yeah. I love like him. I, like I mean, him. I love him Probably as an actor always. He yeah. He's yeah. pretty over the top here, but he does it a great pretty job. much works. I think you have to be over the top because I don't think anyone else is over the top in this movie except on a top. Yeah. Yeah. She's on a top. Over the top. Um, and I like always, always like peripheral henchmen being 50 times bigger than the actual villain. Yeah. Yeah. He's good. He's good. He's, he would not survive in today's workplace with all his sexual harassing. I mean, neither would Bond for that matter. But the fact that he just pops up. Bond on even the gets screen, called a misogynist in this episode. I know, yeah, a few times. Misogynist dinosaur. Yeah. God, that scene is so Sexist good. misogynist dinosaur. That speech of M's is. Of the Cold War. Is that one of the best speeches in all of the Bond movies? 
just delivery. It's I think on the, the writing. It yeah, but but it also ends with her saying like good luck. So she's not just a hard ass, but totally. that just her delivery on that and what it did for the you, the the series at the time. Completely. Yeah. And you also totally forget about a world where Judy Dench isn't completely 100% accepted as M. Right. Like yeah. it's crazy. She has been in every James Bond movie since that. Yeah. She's been in every single one. I Yeah, that's right. I was I yeah, I didn't even remember that when she popped up. I was like has she been doing this since this movie? Yes. Yeah. That is so crazy to me. I just love that she says, you think I don't have the balls, you know? Yeah. I mean, it's, I'm just, pure writing, is there a better speech? Like, there's Silva's monologue. As far as actual speeches go, like writing in a Bond film. Yeah. Because Bond very rarely gets, like, a monologue. I bet you could put all of James Bond's dialogue from all 24 movies together into a script, and it would not be yeah. a full-length movie. Right. Because right. he talks so little. I'm trying. doesn't have to. I mean, a villain usually gets... It's usually heavy exposition. This one is just all character. It's really good. Yeah. Hmm. So, yeah, J- Dame Judi Dench, we salute you. Welcome to the fold. Yeah. <laughs> Boris's Russian hacking character is more timely than ever right now, and it was weird to watch it yeah. in that context. It is, you know, I find it all very strange to watch all of the old Russian stuff now. Yeah, it's we're in a fucking crazy time. Whatever do you mean? Um, you know, I, I just mean the fact that we're between bonds and we haven't had a movie out in so long. Yeah. I just feel like we hack that Russia <laughs> emails. <laughs> Keyboard buttons. People are hacking HBO <laughs> now. Ugh. Uh, escape elite. Mm-hmm. I mean, we tibble. Lughead. Lughead? Is that what he's saying? Yeah. All he, right. Lughead. Slow, slughead. 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 He's Russian. He's so Russian. Slughead. You see, even, like, he even name checks borscht at one point, but doesn't you, he? Yes. Can't he does. With you. Yeah. What is. He's yeah. doing the best he can. Yeah, he says borscht. Like, is it like in You Bet Your Borscht? I yeah. So that felt like it was straight out of 60s Batman. <laughs> that was horrible. <laughs> you, know, you know who I love in this movie? I absolutely love is Tanner. She sure. feels like he comes to work because that's all he has. His wife has left him. Who's He's, Tanner? He was just that like... Explain middle manager in the oh, MI6 yeah. office, and he's just slightly disheveled, and it feels like he's barely holding it together. I he love that. Act- Absolutely. And the scene, that remind, just reminded me of Bond in uh, World's Not Enough when he's pissed at Tanner. And yeah. He's like, Tanner, get over oh, here. Yeah. And he wants to get a, on the case. He pulls him aside, and he's just getting so much this shit. Is- he gets all the shit. I, I know. Like he gets the shit from everybody. He does. He's, yeah, he's the um, uh, whipping boy. But this is what I think is a strong argument for doing a universe of Bond and not going for the obvious choices. But I want to see Tanner's life after hours. And he goes home, does a microwave dinner. <laughs> Swanson's hungry man. Or he goes to, like, have you ever been to London and they have those, like, kind of sleazy Kino casinos where you can go in and they just, like, People are smoking like crazy, and he just goes to that for hours. And you know, um, I spent my child's education fund, but it doesn't matter because she doesn't talk to me. How anymore. annoying would it be to cut something out of this podcast where I was about to say something to you right now? What? I'm asking you how annoying it would be. Otherwise, I'll just wait till after the show's over. You want to say something off yeah. record? Yeah. Racist. If it'd be annoying, I'll just talk about it afterwards. 
Yeah, I don't want to edit, but don't Done. forget. Okay. We'll just not forget. All right. Boy, the listener. You're gonna... uh, now the listeners know Matt's racist, but they don't know to which group. <laughs> <laughs> oh, thank God you actually cut that. I'm sorry I couldn't hold it back, Matt. I just, whenever you're talking about these white and middle managers. back. <laughs> I can't believe it. <laughs> that's, that's courtesy to a fellow podcaster right there. <laughs> Every single thing about Natalia's style in this movie just gets my ovaries going. She, yeah. I think it's because that's what girls look like when I was in college, you know, and it just. I do. I do. I do love a I do love a tights skirt situation and her hair and a nice sweater. Yeah. She's somehow she's like a Bond girl. I could take home to mama. Yeah. She's <laughs> she's she's classy. yet yep. Very sexy. She's she's smart. got it all. She's smart. She knows how to handle a pistol. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Oh, speaking of that. Yeah. I was thinking about that. Bond's weapon of choice, right? Walter PPK. Yes, sir. Took a break in the Brosnan years. That's another ding on the Brosnan era, but comes back for Daniel Craig. But at the point, Inspector, when he's using this, and I researched this, the gun is 88 years old. It was designed in 1929. Uh huh. That would be the equivalent of Sean Connor using like a cult peacemaker in Dr. No. That's how old that gun is. How awesome would that be? Though? <laughs> well, if I mean, use, Roger I Moore use, uses that I Smith and Wesson. Cult peacemaker. <laughs> Man I with the golden gun on the novel did. Yeah. Yeah. But I mean, that is an old, old gun at this point. It's an old gun, but it's a small, compact gun. They still sell plenty of them. Yeah. They still make it. I got eight. Uh, wow. I've never fired one. one. Have you? Take one. Uh, I don't think so. We should do that. I used to have a little, like... Let's go to Rooker's Gun Range. Let's do it. Who? Michael, Michael Rooker. Oh, would he have us over for a podcast? Maybe. We could, we could do a... He's a nut. I love it. That's great. Let's He's, it. like, co-owner of one yeah. of the biggest outdoor gun ranges in California. Really? Yeah. yeah. Up, Up in, in the valley. Yeah. yeah. Rooker's 10-acre gun? That's what it's called. Rooker's 10-acre gun shoot. Yeah, I heard of that. Yeah, yeah. You heard of Rooker's 10-acre uh-huh. gun shoot? That's yeah. weird. No rules gun range. No rules gun range. That's right. Yeah. Every single M office in this franchise gets my engine purring. Even this modern one. They still yeah. manage to wood panel it, even though they did it more modern. Yeah. I mean, I'll still take the old classic M style, but this one looks really good, too. I like a tinted glass covered bookcase. Yeah. Ooh, you know, yeah, okay. yeah that's yeah. good. I also just enjoy that, that like she had beautiful windows and you could see out into London. They're drinking bourbon. Do they does classic M ever drink with Bond? In Goldfinger. Goldfinger. They have dinner. Yeah. Felt weird to be like your predecessor left uh, kept a bottle of cognac in that drawer. Like she hadn't moved this person's stuff out of the office by now. Well, well maybe yeah. he left it as a legacy thing. I'd like to think that. There's some honor among... Yeah, all right. Thanks, Good. Matt. Thanks for solving that problem. <laughs> I have a fun idea. Let's hear it. What if Michael Wilson's cameo changed every time you watched one of these movies? <laughs> Who's Michael Wilson? He's, he's one of the producer. producers, but he's in almost every one oh. of the film, like in the background or something. He's usually pretty obvious. Yeah. I think he stands out mostly because of his mustache. Yeah, or his voice is very nasally. Oh, yeah, when he does speak, yes. Yeah, because he's not English. Uh, but that would be amazing if he was like just revolving cameos. Like they did cl- different editions like Clue, had different endings. In the but, same movie? Yeah, he oh, would change funny. throughout the movie. 
depending on what version. Like you could activate the Michael G. Wilson filter on the on the Blu-ray, and occasionally you'd get every <laughs> yeah. scene that he was in, so you'd be watching a movie and he's oh, in every yes. scene. Yeah, oh and God. then sometimes he's just playing Bond. <laughs> See, that's that to me is a reason. Your predecessor kept about <laughs> cognac in the drawer. Sir, kept a, you're a sexist, misogynist dinosaur. He played M too. This guy's yeah, amazing. He plays M and um, um, come back alive, Bond. Yeah, Bond, come back alive. Bond, you think I don't have the balls to send a man off to die? <laughs> Bond, can you hand me my nasal spray that my predecessor left for me? Oh, that, that's straight up David Lynch. I need my Vicks vapor inhaler. <laughs> Could you turn on the dehumidifier when you come in the room? Is it too much to ask? I read the briefing. I wrote it. <laughs> I read it. I wrote it. It has a certain prose style. If you haven't noticed, I'm trying to flower it up a little since my predecessor was so cold. Anyway, how did I get this job? I'm an American. <laughs> did you notice how fucking enormous Q's hands are? No. I think he's got inflammation or something in this movie. They are meat hooks. No, if that you're, was if a submarine you're gonna... sandwich. No. <laughs> That wasn't, that wasn't, that wasn't one finger? No. <laughs> oh, I had it wrong. Can you imagine what a terrible disease? All five of my fingers are submarine sandwiches. What a delicious disease. Look, I'm not knocking Desmond Llewellyn. God knows I love that man. But if you haven't watched this film and are going to watch it after this, just pay close attention to the size of his hands in this movie. I didn't notice. Oh, it's ridiculous. I think that his... Um, when, well, when did he stop? learning the script i think early on but this one you feel it it also might be that his eyes don't really have a lot of white left to them (laughs) what do you mean like he's all iris yeah because you can't quite tell what he's looking at (laughs) is he all cataract the late great desmond we love desmond llewellyn and i actually welcome his his lion issues because they add an element of fun to those scenes that yes but like you can't the line of sight for him is constantly off and you assume, you just assume that he's, like, reading cue cards, but there's also a decent chance that his eye line is just off. Yeah, he is kind of looking in a strange direction yeah. at times. Yeah. I find that odd. It's just so sad, too. We've talked about this before, that he did it for so long and that he didn't even die of old age. He died of a car accident. Like, if oh, that accident really? hadn't happened, he could have at least probably He'd completed the Brosnan era. Oh, that would be amazing. But bully on them for beautifully writing him out. I know. That's another good little speech. It's not a great speech. I mean... I like it. Never let them see you bleed. You've never said that in the entire franchise. You've had 18 movies to that point where you could have picked a line of dialogue for him. Yeah. Always yeah, having right. an escape plan makes total sense. I mean, he's it. never said that, but that's essentially what Q does is make escape plans for Bond by building things that allow him to escape. But never let them see you bleed is just like, what? Who said that? Right. He loved a good stirred martini, though. And a good turd star mini. <laughs> now we meet Joe Down we, Baker. I, I'm sorry, but like those scenes in there, in the, you know, with all the gadgets, is it always that jokey? I don't remember. Yeah, if for the there. Roger Moore era. But there yeah. was like John Hughes level shit <laughs> in the background. <laughs> I know. Like the guy getting like naked gun level in the phone booth when the airbag yeah. comes in, and then like it reminds me of a naked gun. And with then that. later you see them hauling the phone booth out, and the guy's still smashed in it. That's so John Hughes. Yeah, yeah. I like Definitely. the young the young guy that replaced it. Yeah, yeah. he's great. 
What what did you think of John Cleese's short tenure? Uh, for those movies, especially for Die Another Day, why not? Yeah. You know, and he's great. Um, there's a series called London Spy that is really good, and Ben Wishaw's in it. I highly recommend. Ben Wishaw's a fabulous actor. Did you see Matt Holness's spy thing? <gasps> no, I didn't even heard of it. I. Feel like I could be wrong, but I feel like it was only released on VHS. Was it pre Dark Place? No, this was like maybe four years ago, three oh or four God. years ago. Rob Schraub bought it online and we watched it. It's awesome. It's like a little spy. I gotta see that movie, but it's if there's something only released on VHS, yeah. Rob Schraub has it. Yeah, I think it's only uh, VHS. Oh, I forgot to mention so because this film is scored by Eric Serra and it's so like it's violently missing John Barry. I watched the specialist with Sylvester Stallone and Sharon Stone that has a John Barry score and it had to have been one that he had just sitting around because there are times when it gets so bond. I'd really like somebody to take the score from the specialist and put it on golden eye and see how it works. It's it's so strange to watch a shitty Sylvester Stallone movie and then have some brilliant John Barry. Melody. How would you even go about getting the scoreless copy of the movie, <laughs> or the score to the specialist? That I feel like you can find on vinyl or something. I don't know, but isn't there a David Arnold version of Goldeneye that somebody did or something? I don't know. Again, it could be. I just love the franchise. I'm not an expert. I'm a lover. Are you with me? Sure am. We meet Joe Don Baker. A gun for George? That was incredible. And I'm pretty sure it's only on VHS. I love that guy. Uh, Joe Don Baker. Yeah, let's talk about Joe Don Baker. Let's talk about his tattoo, Muffy, and how that's another spinoff opportunity to me. A spinoff movie about Muffy. I love Joe Don Baker in this. Yeah. But it's it's a poor replacement for Felix Leiter. Even if Joe Don Baker's playing him. uh, At the end of License to Kill, what is Felix's physical state? He's got... I think one arm and one leg, like the books. Oh, I read the Felix Leiter comic book, the first issue. Anyway, it's pretty good. It's you know, it's a lot. It moves super quick because it's just a lot of like, kind of intense, visual stuff. Do they have any panels where like they just interact with James Bond very quickly? He does interact with James Bond. What do you think of Joe Don Baker, Steve? Who is Joe Don Baker? He plays Wade, the American CIA. Oh my god, <laughs> yeah. But he's two movies away from having played a villain in a Bond movie. He was the bad guy, Brad Whitaker, in Living Daylights. Oh. And they just brought him back as a different character. He's awesome. Why do you think he wasn't just Felix Leiter? Why make him Wade? I think probably because he played a villain in Living Daylights. And maybe he's too comedic for Felix Leiter. He's too much of a schlub or something. Yeah. Although, I mean, you got Cease Linder and Goldfinger, who's no... From what I hear from uh, Jonah Ray, uh, Jonah Baker is not a huge fan of the Mystery Science Theater treatment. <laughs> He did not quite understand the joke. Really? I'm always thrown by Mini Driver in this movie. Yeah, that was weird. I was like, is that Mini Driver? But this time it made me think I got to get her for I Was There Too to talk about this film. That would be amazing. Robbie Coltrane appears. Oh, he's great. I love him. That character, I feel like, at least for the Brosnan era, is as established as a Felix Leiter. I wouldn't mind in Craig's era to bring back the character. Yeah, sure, but he's dead. Right. That's right. Um, but I will say that I think Robbie Coltrane 
is just delightful. Yeah, he's really good. This movie has a lot of great peripheral actors, just a lot yeah. of great uh, ensemble pieces. I think that's it. another sort of unsung thing about Martin Campbell is casting. He's really good at casting. Everybody's good in this movie. So the thing about Robbie Coltrane's character, though, is that he... I love that you get this backstory with Bond and Robbie Coltrane and the fact that he... I he gave My favorite line in the movie is the, when Joe Don Baker's talking about his limp. Uh-huh. And James Bond's like, who do you think gave him the limp? Yeah, yeah. that's a good one. It's great. Yeah. The one that was and a little too much. To it. It. He mentions yep. it too when he's... Walter PPK. When, especially when it's cold. My leg aches every day. Let me ask you something. When Bond and Natalia... Or no, Bond and Anna Top are in the car and she delivers him to that place. He knocks her out with one of those karate chop back One of those classic, thing. and I gotta say, Roger Moore patented yeah. karate chop. I want to know, because that trope has basically run its course. You don't see that as much in movies anymore. People aren't buying it. Right. What's the first and the last karate chop back of the neck knockout? I'm sure this isn't the last, but this is probably around the time when it's dying down. Probably around 2000. I. It is such a... That's so Like, weak. there seems to be, like, some sort of nerve point. It's the... But no human has ever been really well, knocked out Well, it's the equivalent of the Vulcan neck pain. Yeah, yeah, exactly, yeah. You know? And I'd almost buy that more. Yeah, well, that's at least sci-fi. Like, yeah. that's a massage move. Yes, I've seen a masseuse do that many times. Yeah. Knock, knock someone out. <laughs> <laughs> oh, shit, sorry. <laughs> Another example of Campbell's filmmaking that I love is the like smash cut to Bond waking up with Natalia screaming in the helicopter. I like, really like you're that. The that audience was great. Going, like, really where are we? That. What are we doing? That yeah. was great. Very good. I also like the half a second where Bond is taking everything in and, and he immediately like seems to be immediately comfortable with the situation he's in and looking and he I'd sees them the too with a giant ejector button right next to my head. <laughs> Whoever designed that cockpit That's crazy ergonomically. It's possibly the worst thing I've ever seen in my life. <laughs> if you're trying to keep a helicopter floating, if you're trying it floating, flying, which in and you of can't itself have an ejector. Is, is, is so not stable as it is. Right, your head's going to be bobbing Helicopters back and forth. punch physics in the mouth. Helicopters are flying in spite They're of like physics. bees. And they shouldn't <laughs> they be able shouldn't to fly. fly. And you all the time are having to keep two hands on the yoke. Again, I'm saying yoke. I don't know why, but I am. The stick? Honestly, I'd have to like hit it with the back of my hand. I probably couldn't put enough pressure on it. I'd have to turn awkwardly. I'd probably twist like what's left of my lower back. I'd probably die. I wouldn't have a chance. <laughs> I would die. I wouldn't be able to eject. Well, thank God you well, you would, because but there would be a eject- giant ejector seat button next to your head. In fact, you would eject accidentally probably so right when you took off. It's just hard. It's just a hard head hit that's going to cause it to happen because even that angle looks odd. Like it looks like Pierce Brosnan is barely going to get there. Yeah, he has yeah. to give it try a few times. That but does, also, isn't that going to just shoot you into the blades of the helicopter? No, because it showed the hel- helicopter blades detach first, right? Oh, okay. The whole thing felt like something that they put into the script and like they oh, wrote themselves into a situation. Or they're like, this is essentially what we'll do, but we'll fix it later, and then never got to it. Yeah, but it's still the the end it's effect of right, right next to your head. <laughs> <laughs> and just then, in case your hands are tied, what do you think of the reveal of Alec? I'm a 
that's good. That's good. It's an interesting like place they are with the old statues and stuff. Yeah. It's kind of thematically cool. Like it. I like Sean Bean. Yeah. Oh my god, yeah. I love Sean Bean. Yeah, he's good. He could have been a Bond. He, I think he was considered at one point. Really? Yeah. In fact, he's that's why they went for him in this role because it was like the the antimatter Bond. You know who it was going to be if it wasn't Pierce Brosnan, right? The studio's choice. Wink Martindale. <laughs> Uh, Paul McGann. Paul McGann. He played Doctor Who in the Fox Doctor Who TV movie from the mid-90s. He was the studio's choice for James Bond, and he was the contingency plan for if Pierce Brosnan couldn't do it. Ah, he's got a good look. He's kind of gruff. I would also buy Sean Bean as, like you were talking earlier, an old James Bond. Yeah. Ed Stark, hello. I think Paul McGann looks awesome. I didn't know this. He kind of looks like a young Alan Rickman. Oh, yeah. I could see that for sure. Oh, yeah. Joseph Kikagi. People listening are not going to know what we are fucking doing. I'm doing Alan Rickman. Is it not clear? No. Daddy Warbucks. He played Danny Warbucks. Yeah, that's right. Well, we're almost to the the iconic scene from this movie, which is the halfway point. Jeez, that's a big problem for Bond movies in general is the third act slog. And I was trying to think about Bond movies that get that done successfully, and there's not a ton. It's set piece, set piece, set piece. That's the problem. The best ones that get it done right are the ones that use character building in the third act. So like Skyfall works really well because he's on the road with Judy Dench and we're not getting a huge action sequence for a while, but we're learning about their relationship and it doesn't feel long. Right. Casino Royale handles it really well, but is so long a third act. Casino Royale ends. We've talked about it ends twice. It does. It does feel long, but I still think it does it well, but I do notice the third act Skyfall. I don't really notice the third act. I'm, I'm with it. The Roger Moore third acts and the Connery third acts are pretty rough. I think that the other interesting thing that I noticed about this is that the Bond movies of the late 80s into the 90s, I feel like there's a lot of uh, a lot of shoe leather. You know what I mean? A lot of like people Detectives? walking places huh. without using editing to get You mean it. like literally like in literally Spy Who like, Loved Me they're walking through the desert or Quantum of Solace yeah. they're walking through I the desert. I think there's a lot yeah. of like stuff we can lose. Like I don't need this establishing shot of the computer store with her also walking into the yeah, computer yeah. store and opening that the door of the drags. computer store yeah. and going into the computer store. I don't need it. It really drags if you know the film too because you're still going like we haven't even gotten to Cuba yet. Yeah. And that's totally. the whole You know, really when they the got to Cuba, act. when I was watching it last night, or the night before, rather, they got to Cuba, and I was like, I forgot. I forgot all that you know, interior stuff happened in Cuba. They have yeah. to go to Cuba. Yeah. It doesn't help that it comes on the heels of the tank chase, which is amazing. That was great. It's superb. It, tank chase is such a good, it's, I think it's the second best chase in the James Bond movie. Oh, boy. I don't know about that. What would you put first? I would put the Quantum of Solace opening chase. Well, I would put that one ahead of the tank chase for sure, but I'm trying to think if there's another. I actually love the car chase. It's it's a one car chase in View to a Kill. <laughs> I love it. It's that a cartoon, but it's incredible. Okay, so you need two. I need two vehicles. Well, I mean, he's technically chasing a boat. 
<laughs> I'll allow it. Um, but there's also the four year eyes only car chase is pretty good. That tank though. Yeah, maybe it's going I mean, so fast yeah, and I like guess you're right. Yeah. Going it's on asphalt, so it's sliding. Oh, it's it can't so get good. traction. That oh my first God. turn into the building where it tries to make it into that like under yeah. archway it's and it just to the barrels side. through yeah. the bricks. Also, it's like uh I think Campbell's doing like some Spielbergian action here because you think when he hits that pedestal and the the horse statue rides on top of the tank, like this is just there for a joke, but it ends up becoming that kind of like Spielberg cause and effect. Thing where it hits the bridge, yeah. drops down, and knocks out Under two police two cars. cars yeah. Yeah. So it actually has a purpose, and so it's comedic, but also kind of useful. I yeah, it's really good. Obviously, the music helps. It's the first time we feel like we're getting yes, any and we have time there. in this chase for the guy being chased to kind of turn into the drunk guy from Moonraker. <laughs> yeah. just slip from his flask and like a, oh, oh yeah he boy. just turns into a full-on yeah. alcoholic <laughs> yeah. i do like the i re- love that he's doing comedy at that yeah. point i too. like the reveal too of when you first see the tank just bust through that yeah. wall behind oh, them. oh it's like, so holy good. shit it's way bigger than you right yeah. even would have thought it's because you see him see the tank and you know all right he's gonna use the tank but yeah. you probably think he's just gonna shoot up the place he could have shot yeah. that train yeah when they are in the train and it's about to blow up and they escape do you know, i really he, like well, I have a couple things, but you don't. Train. I like it. I like the layer. The like cool looking train. Yeah, I like it's the layer of a train. train. But when they run out of that train because it's about to explode, did you notice that like they pop out of that ground vent? He goes first. Like he doesn't even yeah, let yeah, him yeah. get out. Well, well, he's got to save the world. Here's something: if you haven't watched the film, two things to look for: the size of Q's hands, <laughs> and when the gunfight happens on the train and. Brosnan goes to is he trying to shut the door or open the door do you remember that moment he makes a little Brosnan noise and this is part of my problem with Brosnan's bond is he fits in these little noises where other bonds wouldn't so mm-hmm. look for this when he goes to do this and he he goes and he grabs the door handle and he just makes this little no <laughs> what do you you describe it as hurt acting right that's yeah. your that's your phrase because also acting. when hurt when acting. on a top is squeezing him he's going <laughs> And his jaw is just convulsing. and It's really particularly noticeable because you're dealing with a henchman that kills with her legs. I guess, but like it does go to my theory that the other Bond actors could kind of walk away from Bond it, and be okay, and he wants it a little bit. It's like that thing that Anne Hathaway or Joseph Gordon-Levitt have. You can see their desire to act is bigger than what the character needs. Like they're oh, having yeah. a little too much fun. That's interesting. Now, and now I, I like I applaud them. I like that they're having fun. And when he's driving the tank, it's the good kind. Like you can see Brosnan's going like, "I'm fucking James Bond," and it's like, it feels I'm great. driving a fucking tank. Dude, it's really guys. fun to watch. But there are times when he's when like, he did, I think getting when hurt he, when he know? straightens his tie. I made the okay sign. That's yeah, good, me yeah. too. I think I it's l- the tie I straightening underwater moment. that. Tie straightening was great. The tie straightening underwater is ridiculous. Because the tie straightening in the tank is like that's no worse than Craig straightening his cufflinks in the yeah. in the train. It all works. Yeah. I like that James Bond still wants to look good. Yeah. Do you remember when they were shooting Casino Royale and no one knew a lot about Daniel Craig or how he would be and then that, that rumor or report came out that he had broken a rib. Yeah. And And I was like what a pussy oh, i was God. like this guy <laughs> and then i was like he's then i saw the movie and i'm like he's the fucking best yeah he's the best i mean when you're doing take after take of 
I bet they had him run. I bet you're right, Matt. I bet they wanted him to run out of that lair. You're right. I never put that together that he probably is I just... bet they wanted him to run out of that lair, and he's probably just like, I fucking tore my ACL. Or even so everyone is like... to walk determined you gotta. We're going to make sense of this, even if everyone is in agreement. Well, like, yeah. you need to do this as a badass walker. Yeah, yeah you're probably right. Walk. Yeah. Hmm. Well, I can't wait till uh, Daniel comes back on the pod. In The Man Sings Bullets? <laughs> I researched Goldeneye and because I knew that the name had come, he named his From estate his, after yeah. his uh, an intelligence operation he did to like work with Gibraltar and Spain. But I wondered why that operation was called Goldeneye, and I couldn't find mm-hmm. anything. Mm-hmm. 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 But do you know Bob Marley bought Goldeneye? I didn't know that after for like a year. No, that's yeah. that's awesome. Great. Yeah, but I'm sure Ian Fleming like would have loved that. Dig it, man. I say, who's going to own this after me? Well, it's a it's a reggae superstar. Come again? A lot of marijuana. What now? Yes, he's going to be all over your estate. He'll be smoking marijuana. With all his music friends. Oh. <laughs> uh. do, you think he, do you think he ever smoked a joint through the long cigarette? Oh, that would be amazing. On GoldenEye. Uh. God damn it, Bob Marley, if you're out there. Which I know you are. I'm having a three-foot jazz cigarette. Three-foot jazz cigarette. <laughs> jazz cigarette. I love it. Oh. I love it. You're creative, man. <laughs> Thanks, Jeff Bridges. That was... <laughs> um, right. That hand-to-hand fight with Alec and Bond... Great. ...inside is... That's another, like... It's directed it's so really well. really well choreographed, yeah. too. It's really like a... It's an evenly matched fight because they yeah. both have the same training. It's really so good. Like, like that, that, that scene yeah. pumped me up, and then they get out on that gantry and that ladder, and then Brosnan drops and starts making those noises. What do you look at him? What an insane tumble he takes, and we're somehow supposed to believe he still hangs onto a ladder. Yeah, it reminds me of when Luke falls out of Bespin. Yes, but with one arm. Yeah, hear me, <laughs> Leia. Help! He's falling down to a similarly sized. Although Luke also is using. <laughs> <laughs> By the way, it's the same face he makes when he hurts his shoulder and the world is not enough. Yeah. When he, again, falls down the Millennium Dome. Oh, that may be the the worst of the Brosnan hurt acting. Well, he's it, supposed to have ripped his shoulder apart, right? I guess. Wouldn't you be hurt? No, mm-hmm. I'm, I'm great. Matt's known for his good shoulders. That's right. I got four of them. Yeah. <laughs> Uh, all right. I want to talk about this song at the end. Is there anything else we need to discuss about the movie itself? Uh, I like him getting frozen with nitro. Oh, that, that, whatever that prosthetic Alan Cumming at the end is pretty, uh, reminds me of, I feel like they saw Terminator 2 and were like, we should use that stuff. Uh, <laughs> and don't see a way in which James Bond jumps off of that platform onto that helicopter because the blades of that helicopter would be hitting the thing that he's on. And would blow up. Yeah, it doesn't seem how he could be close enough to do that. Yeah. Also, what do you think of the fact that Alec Trevelyan somehow survives the uh, fall? Just to have the thing fall. Just on to him? have. The thing. I like that. Just I mean, to watch it, is, it. Yeah. That was. I like the way he falls. Like, I love how severely broken his leg obviously is. His landing is pretty brutal. They they shoot it at floor level, and he falls into frame. That's pretty cool. Yeah. yeah. All right. All right. Let's talk about it. The experience of love by Eric Sarah. No. 
The experience cool. of love. So far, I'm following you. This song is it's like a blight on the history of Bond films. It's awful. Do we have any examples of Bond films using multiple songs? Yeah, because uh, Living Daylights ends with that Pretenders ballad. Yes. And then tomorrow is it Tomorrow Never Dies that has Surrender? The, right, the, the amazing Katie Lang. Katie Lang song at the end. And the Sheryl Crow song, which is even more fantastic. Yep. No. Yep. No. <laughs> no. Everything about that movie is backwards. That movie, you should start that movie from the end and then leave five minutes. Um, I think that the movie as a whole... I'm not done with The Experience of Love. Are you, okay, are that's you, a horrible song. This song is like... The experience... It's like... um, You, you know how Gallagher's brother took his act? This feels like... No, too. Was, was given his act. Whatever. It feels like Peter Gabriel gave his younger, dumber brother a song and said, sing it. And that's what this is. Yeah, like, I agree. <laughs> I was shocked at how I didn't like that song at all. It's so out of place. It's so weird. Yeah. If you walked into the movie theater, like you showed up so early to the next showing that you were seeing the credits from the previous movie, you'd, you'd be like, have this to look is at a your Demi ticket Moore and go, movie. Oh, we're not in a, I'm in a, we're in the wrong theater. I'm in a romantic drama with Demi Moore. Yeah. And yes. Woody Harrelson. And Robert Redford. No, it's not that one. <laughs> it's, it's called Decent Proposal, where he his, oh, her husband a good proposal. proposes to her. It's the prequel. Decently. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. Decent. Robert Redford, he's in the background of one scene. And you see him doing the this, stroking his chin, go, hmm. 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 Hey, pal, you, you think I should ask him if I could sleep with his wife for $800,000? Is that what it was for, $800,000? Make, make it a million, pal. Oh, yeah. I'm okay. just setting up oh, the sequel. Yeah. yeah. Um, $1 million. The credits in this movie are short because they're still doing so many credits up front, and you just don't get that in movies these days. Because I listened to this whole song, and I noticed how quickly it went. You only get these pre-credit credits with James Bond that are so detailed. Yeah, yeah. But overall, Sly. I really enjoyed this film. Yeah. Obviously, it's the best Brosnan, so it wasn't difficult. I have always enjoyed GoldenEye. It's those later ones that are tough, but um, it was a pleasure to watch. Here's, here's what, a new thing I'd like to introduce. Please. A rating system. Oh. Mm. Where we rate each movie on a scale of uh, 001 to 007. That's brilliant. Oh, my God. That's great. Okay. How did How'd that escape you the first season? I yeah. don't know. So I would say, Matt, you're so dumb for not thinking of that before, but I never thought. Well, here we are. We're here with a new season and a new twist. So this is the new segment. Um, Just also would like to remind people that we are also concerned. We are also thinking about doing an entire episode based on who the most British person in all of James Bond is. Uh, The answer for the most British person to appear in this film. I I have to say Desmond Llewellyn. Desmond Llewellyn. Yeah, I think. Yeah. Tanner's not that British, but I think the no, most... the girl in the car flirtation, she's pretty British. Oh, oh the psychiatrist. She's, she's really British. Smallbone? No, that's, that's Moneypenny's assistant. Chief Smallbone? No. Chief Smallbone <laughs> of the Iroquois tribe. <laughs> I was third in line. Chief, I'm uh, sorry about that name. I'm not. Many moons have gone by. It's, uh, it's ironic. I'm a big bone chief. <laughs> 
What is her name? We need to stop that right now. What is her name? I don't know, but she's pretty British. It's down to her, Desmond. The evaluator. Yeah. You know what? Let's uh, let's give it to her. So, 00 to 007. Yep. 007, of course, is the best. I guess I'd go... I'd go double oh four point five for this. I think I'll say double oh four. I have to four point five. I have to agree with all of us. I think it's a double oh four. You're making it. It could have gone up to five if it it didn't seem long. If it was shorter, if it was short, definitely, definitely. Yeah, it's double oh four for me. And it got a video game. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And it's named after a house. You don't get many movies like that. Mm -mm. Skyfall. I guess so, yeah. <laughs> two James Bond. Oh, you're yeah, forgetting a great one. <laughs> I know there's a lot of uh, chart makers out there who like making spreadsheets. Let's yeah. start it right now. Yeah, we appreciate that. GoldenEye gets a 004. That's right. And you're giving it a 4.5. You're, yeah. you're very welcome to do that. Yeah, I'd like to give it a, a fat 4. I, I like it. I don't think I'll be as charitable to the other Brosnans. but Matt, as is the new tradition yes. on James Bonding, mm-hmm. we're not going in any particular order. We're going to trade off back and forth. Who gets to pick the next film? I picked Goldeneye, of course. And now, Mac Orley, it is your chance to pick. What will we all be watching for next episode? Now, I considered um, Living Daylights because the 30th anniversary came up, and I like that film. But actually, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to get to business. I'm going to cover something that's been a long time coming. We're going to have Amanda Lund and Maria Blasucci back, and we're going to talk Goldfinger. Goldfinger! Yep. And we're going to have some fun and uh, cover that movie from a different angle than it was covered last time. Sure. Both valid. You know, but Allie and Georgia sometimes aren't on board with some ass slapping it. Did they not know anything about Bond? Oh, they hated it. Oh, wow. But... And and but not made valid points. Yeah, and and that's it was good to cover it from that angle, but we're gonna approach it more from the sort of just enjoying Bond angle this time. Yeah, but I'm glad it will have both. Goldfinger, Golden Eye, and with the golden gun, then yeah, Ooh, maybe it's and Goldfall, and John Goldfarb, and Goldraker, <laughs> Quantum of Gold. Uh, but Sky next Gold. week, you will have our James Bond theme park special where we break down... Next week, you will, yes. We break down what a James Bond theme park might include, could nice. include. And actually, um, even before we discussed that we were doing this, some stuff came up. For instance, the um, Planet Coaster Moonraker ride that someone created, plus the actual James Bond ride that did exist, licensed to thrill. So... We'll talk a little bit about those, but also, and more importantly, discuss what we would want to see in a James Bond theme park. Nice. Very exciting. So tune in next week. Paul Shear will be with us. Hope you all enjoyed the Roger Moore tribute. But also, please um, sub- subscribe if you haven't. Write a review on iTunes. That helps us out. And yes. bump that star rating up to 007. Uh, you know what? If you'd like to... We're going to have a social media person coming in, but something I like to do is uh, we're going to have the MI6 Wall of Honor. And uh, what we'll do is if you write a five-star review, we will uh, happily read your review on the air. Wait a minute. That's not, it give... does, it's not for everyone. Oh, okay. Not every five-star review, but okay. you will have a chance to be picked for the Wall of Honor. Yeah, get creative. And every, uh, mm. every other week when we're not covering a movie, we will read our favorite seven. And you'll make mm. the okay. MI6 Wall of Honor. I sure hope we remember to do this. Mm. I'll remember to do this. Okay. 
and our mm. new social media person who's somewhere in our email box will mm. be helping us. That's with right. That. Steve, thanks for joining us. You have a new podcast. Why don't you tell I us do. all about it? I have it? a new podcast at Feral Audio called We're No Doctors that I co-host with my co-hypochondriac neurotic friend, Busy Phillips. And you guys are doctors, right? No, we're no doctors. Ah, we talk a lot about health and medicine despite knowing nothing about either. We're just too neurotic. It's a great concept and it's doing very it's well. It's doing crazy good. Yeah, really. Has this been therapeutic for you? Because every time I talk this. to you, you think you're dying. I've had Adam Goldberg, who is, you know, from Saving Private Ryan yeah. and Days and Confused. He's been on my podcast, the my first podcast, uh, a couple of times because he also suffers from vertigo. And so I, was always, I would always say, we should do a podcast where we talk about this. And never really happened. And I was just like, I can't undertake another podcast and then it was my girlfriend who my ex-girlfriend who was like you really should do a podcast about all this crazy shit you talk about and and then i took it to feral and they're like uh you should have a female co-host we want you to have a female co-host and then i saw busy phillips post an instagram story about her freaking out in a uh mri machine and i was like i think i found the co-host <laughs> Geez, awesome. That's great. Yeah. Wow. So you have a guest and you just discuss your medical worries? Sometimes or? guests, but we talk about, like, we talk about, we'll have a whole, episode three just came out and it's all about pooping. Love That's it. great. And yeah. it's my least favorite talk. I hate anything to do with poop, so yeah, it was no, it was not. pretty funny. Does anyone ever write in with asking for medical advice? Because you guys are doctors? We pre-recorded like six episodes, oh, so yeah. that hasn't happened yet. But yeah, there's there's That's a, a good way to go. There's an email and everything on the Instagram. You can check it out. We're no doctors on the Feral Audio Network. Uh, and if you haven't already, we highly recommend you download our back catalog. That's right. Do that because even by this point, you've probably only got a week or so yeah. left to get it before it goes behind the so Stitcher paywall. Go get it. But also subscribe to Stitcher because we'll be providing some commentaries to Bond films in the future. That are going to end up exclusively on Stitcher. Behind a paywall. We almost did it. But I know how we can do it. James Bonding will return. James Bonding Podcast. James Bonding Podcast. James Bonding Podcast. James Bonding Podcast. Man and Man and James Bonding Podcast. Hey, this is Arnie Niekamp from the Improv Fantasy Podcast, Hello from the Magic Tavern. I fell through a dimensional portal behind a Burger King in Chicago into the magical land of Foon, and I started a podcast. Season 3 has just begun with a brand new adventure to defeat the Dark Lord. If you're a new listener or you've fallen behind, Season 3 is a great jumping on point, and we've got great guests like Justin McElroy. I sound like a fancy college professor. Eight nights. <laughs> Rachel Bloom. You all see my collection of men corpses and one woman. Felicia Day and Colton Dunn. You've seen me have intercourse with a variety of species. It's a bummer. Andy Daly. You have the members of Genesis listed, but Phil Collins has crossed out and then circled and crossed out again. Uh, Yes, I have killed Phil Collins twice. Thomas Middleditch. (laughs) Jesus. I mean, Jazos. (laughs) Ruler of the Eighth Circle. And that's just the beginning. Season three of Hello from the Magic Tavern is out now. Listen in Stitcher, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. 
Mom deserves the best, and there's no better place to shop for Mother's Day than Whole Foods Market. They're your destination for unbeatable savings, from premium gifts to show-stopping flowers and irresistible desserts. Start by saving 33% with Prime on all body care and candles. Then get a 15-stem bunch of tulips for just $9.99 each with Prime. Round out Mom's menu with festive rosé, irresistible berry chantilly cake, and more special treats. Come celebrate Mother's Day at Whole Foods Market. Planning for your next trip? Elevate your travel style with Quince. Quince has all the jet-setting essentials you'll want for your next getaway, like European linen, premium luggage options, buttery soft Italian leather bags, and so much more. And is all priced at 50% to 80% less than similar brands. Plus, Quince only works with factories that use safe and ethical manufacturing practices. Pack your bags with high-quality essentials you'll be wearing for vacations to come with Quince. Go to quince.com slash pack for free shipping and 365-day returns.